I remember when I went to Georgetown, in order to see the international student advisor, who is like the most important person for you as an F1 student in the States, no. you have to make an appointment, right? It's like, a, it's, it's like, it's like calling to get a license at the DMV, you know, it was, it was, yeah. it was that, it was, it was congested, it was, you have to wait two weeks, but I got your, I could just walk into Karen's office and be like, hey, what's up? Greetings, you are listening to episode 11 of the Harbor Schools College and Career Counseling Podcast, where we seek to enliven conversations around purpose, 21st century careers, and university pathways. It is our aim to educate, agitate, inform, inspire, and otherwise empower our students to put their best foot forward in the pursuit of human flourishing. It's no small task, is it? Part of the work that I want to do here at the Harbor School is to provide alternative narratives to the dominant paradigm. It is my hope that this week's guest serves that purpose. Tony To is a Hong Kong native and an economist at the World Bank. It's his educational path to this high-profile job that makes the story particularly poignant. If you happen to tune into my last episode, which focused on admission to highly selected universities and colleges, I rattled off a number of institutional names that most have not heard of, including myself. Yet these same institutions make up the bulk of each cohort accepted into Harvard Law each year. As my colleague likes to say, the top 10% is the top 10%, no matter where you get the degree from. So, Tony Toe and Goucher College is that story incarnate. Tony came to Goucher College by way of Lauren Pope's seminal book, Colleges That Change Lives. And it's this institution that gave him the freedom, faculty relationships, and time to find his animals, so to speak. Originally a history major, he had to take an economics course that fulfilled a quantitative reasoning requirement. And almost like a kind of narrative trope in the world of college stories, this seemingly innocuous decision to fill a distribution requirement sent him off into a world he had no idea was waiting for him. A world in which he had the confidence and educational chops to be accepted into one of the country's best graduate programs at Georgetown. But enough from me. Here's my conversation with Tony. And uh, it's great that you're advocating or at least uh, doing some outreach for Goucher. Um, you're right, right, yeah. Yeah, I, my background's, uh, just to give you a little bit of background on myself, I've been at this school for just two years. And, um, okay. Uh, I, you know, one of the things that I realized very quickly when coming to Hong Kong is that um, many believe that there's only about 20 universities in the world. Uh, and so schools like a Goucher or a Bennington or uh, some of these smaller liberal arts colleges or universities are just not on people's radar. And yeah, yeah so I, I'm curious to know um, how you even, like, how did you become aware of Goucher and then even decide to, to want to attend? Yeah, so I, I went to, actually went to high school in Canada. Um, okay. I went to boarding school at, in Ottawa and, uh, and I think when I was in high school, the, the, the notion was pretty much like what you mentioned, right? Like in Canada, yeah. um, if you go to boarding school, uh, the universities are UT, University of Toronto, or University of Ottawa, the local school, or, you know, um, University of British Columbia, which I'm sure every Hong Kong, Hong Konger knows, UT, yeah. UBC, yeah. And, 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 or McGill, right? Yeah. And um, the thing is that when I was in Canada, I visited University of Toronto once. So I, I've seen what like this big school is like, a classroom with hundreds of people, 
uh, you don't know the professors. Um, and, um, and unfortunately, I thought that if you are living in University of Toronto or any of these big schools, it's hard to say that you engage with people. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it, it's yeah. like you're lost in a big city, right? Yeah. Um, and I really, and, and the reason why that I, that, that I wanted to recreate or the, the boarding school environment where we only had like 50, there were 50 male students and 50 female students in the boarding community. And the entire school had about 500 students. It was a, it was a small community, right? Yeah. And, it, it, and even though it was only four years, but being in a small, small environment changes your perception, perception of how time works. You feel like time, things are slower. You feel like you have time to figure out what another person's thinking, right? Yeah. Um, you have time to get to know your teacher. Um, teachers actually teach, right? Yeah. Uh, I remember when I got my master's at Georgetown, which is a big school in DC, all the classes are taught by the TAs. Yeah. You see professor probably like once a month, once, once a week. And, 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 you know, you don't feel like you're, you're learning anything from the professor. You're, you feel like you're just finishing assignments yeah. for the sake of finishing it. Right? Right. Whereas at Goucher and at Ashbury, when I went to boarding school, um, I have the time and the freedom to just walk into any professor's office and say, Hey, look, um, I have this assignment. I want to talk it through with you. And you actually get to learn about other person. The other person the professor which i think is simultaneously the same thing as learning about yourself right right um so i realized that if i go to Uni university of toronto i'm gonna have to put up with this metropolitan environment which is okay you know i grew yeah. up in hong kong uh but but i was like you know maybe toronto's not for me uh, maybe yeah. toronto's not for me so i i wanted to look for like i saw so so i was like well what where do i start and then um uh, and I think it was through some friends, I realized there's this book called Colleges That Change Lives. Right. Um, and then it's, I think it's a collection of about 100 small boarding schools in the States. And I read over it and I looked up some of the schools and that's how I found Goucher. Okay. Um, and, uh, uh, and I did my research and I, and I realized that Goucher offers the environment that, that I wanted, a small environment where professors actually teach where the classes are about five to six people. I never had any classes bigger than 20 at Goucher throughout yeah. my four years there. Um, and another interesting thing about Goucher is that Goucher is one of those few schools that require study abroad as a component of your undergrad education. And for me, who left home, went to Canada, uh, I wanted this international um, <clears throat> international environment, right? You know. Uh, I, I knew going in that Goucher College is a place where uh, students uh, look forward to the study abroad experience, right? So, so, so they prepare themselves to engage. Um, yes, yeah, so uh, talk us through a little bit how you, you know, how you entered into Goucher, you know, thinking you were going to study. What did you think you were going to study, and how did you navigate, you know, sort of this liberal arts curriculum that gives you such, uh, you know, such breadth opportunities at the beginning. Um, so I remember when I started Goucher, I was like the only like student in the entire class that wanted to do this like one major, right? I was, I was pretty stubborn, though I still changed later on. So <laughs> no use being stubborn anyways, right? Um, I wanted to do history and I took all, but a bunch of history classes. Um, but you know, the thing is that, you know, at Goucher, they make you take different classes, right? And I think in most universities, the case, I don't know, but Goucher specifically asks you to take some arts, 
some sciences, uh, some math and something else. I think now they changed. I'm not sure what it is now, but when I was there, they had this requirement, the board's requirement, right? And then I remember I took an economics class, which I was interested in. I was like, and I think after taking economics class, after like two months, like I'm done with history, I'm gonna switch to economics. So I switched anyways, right? Yeah. Um, so I guess I was the beneficiary of this. Uh, I, I benefited from this breath, this thing. Yeah. And I think uh, for my other classmates at Goucher, they also went through this exploration process, right? Many of them uh, came in with, not just with, a no, many of them were like, okay, I'm gonna do English, I'm gonna do science. But, but I think what changed is not their career aspirations, but it's just how they think about what they wanna, how they, how they think about what's best to do what they want to do. For example, some students came into Goucher with, with a passion for like the environment. And they thought the only way to save the planet is to do biology, right? right. But after a couple courses, after a couple of years, after a couple of semesters discussing with the professors, they realized that they could also do something about the environment by studying politics or something else. Some students came in thinking, I'm gonna do business. Right? I'm gonna study business. But, but they realized that they could also do business by studying something else like science, right? So, um, so I think that was how most of us changed, not, not thinking about what I'm gonna do after four years, which is important, but to think about how, what I can do within these four years to better prepare myself for an ever-changing world, right. which does not play by the rules, right? right. Um, and I think uh, Goucher gives you this little incubator where you can expose yourself to uh, challenging ideas and, and you realize that you don't have to do what you thought you were going to do in order to do what you're going to do. Yeah. Um, so that's, yeah. that's what changed in right. many of my other classmates' minds. And for me personally, I, was, I always wanted to do history. I loved history, but I realized that you could also study history through an economic lens. So it combined my, 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 my skills in math and then my passion for history. Um, so it, you, you, you learn more about who you are. Yeah. As you go yeah. through this laboratory environment, um, I don't. I don't think I would have. I don't think I would be able to go through this process in UT or bigger schools. I don't know, um, but it happened to me at Goucher, so I'm going to say that it's because of laboratory environment that yeah. offered me this uh, this progression throughout my four years. Do you remember what that was like? It was like a distribution requirement. You're like, oh, I got to take this economics class to sort of meet one of these four buckets to get credits um did, was it more of like just like a happy accident or uh was it something that you were looking you know in your course catalog and thinking wow that sounds incredibly interesting yeah it, i think you could pick a number of classes to fulfill like like a quantitative reasoning requirement um, yeah. and depends on when the class are offered depends on the semester you pick you know whatever is offered and then so maybe it was a happy accident i picked economics as a happy accident yeah. Uh, and then, you know, these are, I mean, this, 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 let's you know, like at Goucher, we said, these are happy surprises, right? Like um, you found, you found some random moment that gave you this boom in your head and you're like, well, maybe I could do this. Right. Um, yeah. You know, so, uh, but, but uh, the, the requirement itself, um, you, you could, it takes you four years, so you don't have to finish it within one year. Yeah. You could do it throughout four years. So there cool. were, there were seniors they were still doing arts classes because they missed an arts requirement something like that. Um, so it gives you four years to fulfill these requirements. It's not yeah. like you have to finish this in one semester. 
Yeah, right. So and did you did you develop a, a mentor there? Did a mentor sort of come uh, on? on um, I I still keep in touch with professors at Goucher. Um, I have good friends at Goucher that I keep in touch with, and um, uh, I I met you through Karen, right? The, the 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 she's one of my many mentors at Goucher, and I think that when you go to Goucher, you inevitably develop all these relationships yeah. with people who work there with professors with students um because you have the time to know them right you know in yeah. a, you, you did your uh your master's degree at georgetown is that is that right yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and you studied economics i'm guessing at that yeah. okay uh and so how how did gatcher how do you feel like gatcher really prepared you for going through the uh the rigors of a graduate degree application process especially at a place like georgetown which is um, um highly selective? Um, so I think, well, um, number one, I would say that perhaps, um, I, don't, I don't think anyone can be prepared for a master's degree. Even, even many of my other classmates went to big schools, came to Georgetown, like, oh my God, this is really hard. It was hard for everybody, right? But in the application process, um, I remember, uh, I had the time to write a thesis at the end of my four years at Goucher. It wasn't required, but I just volunteered because I felt like after four years, I gathered enough um, knowledge and resources and people to help me to write a thesis. And um, it wasn't just, it wasn't my own thing. You know, I, I was alone. No, it, it, I, had, I, I had access to Professor Bissett 24 seven. I could email them anytime I wanted um, and um, I think the confidence that it took to write that thesis, it took me three, four years to build. And um, it took me three, four years. And within these three, four years, I had, I had a support system for my professors. Um, I had time to think about what I wanted to write. So in other, way, in other words, the classes at Goucher were not just about finish the assignment, hand it in, and you're done. Um, you need to think about it. You need to, uh, many of the assignments were open-ended assignments. So they're like essays, uh, not just in the economics discipline, but in, in any other disciplines too. And when you write a paper, right, professors can talk it over with you. Um, it's not like at Georgetown where I wrote a paper and then I get the comments back and that's kind of it, right? You know, professors give you a grade, maybe two, three comments and that's it. And that's how I imagine is what goes on in big schools, right? You, mm -hmm. you get a paper back from professors and then that's it. But at Goucher, you get up your paper back. You can go to their office and you can spend weeks talking about it. With the days, you can spend a, lot, a long time talking about it with a professor. So you learn about your writing style. You learn about what you shouldn't have written. You learn about what you should have written. You learn about um, why the professor crossed here or circled there, you know? So, right. um, so, so, so you're not alone in developing your own writing style. And by senior year, I was like, I was ready to write a thesis. Um, and I think combining with the thesis, which, my own, which is my own research, and, um, and all together, and I think that uh, that thing came together and, and was a pretty persuasive application package to Georgetown. Um, uh, of course, you have to do well on a GRU too, right? It's not just, it's not just your paper. Right. Um, but, but I think I entered Georgetown with a lot more research skills than many of my other classmates did. Yeah. Um, Research is a very independent thing. You have to think on your own. You think on it's 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 like it's it's like, it's like entrepreneurship, right? It's it's your own thing. You have to um, project manage yourself. 
And Goucher, ironically, in a small environment, gives you that space. Um, you know, uh, in a bigger school, I suppose, when you're sort of tied up with bureaucracy, you know, you, yeah. you there's, there's very little freedom for you to expand. But at Goucher, um, uh, you have that. Ironically, you have that space. And, yeah. um, so that's, I think, one of the biggest lessons I took from Goucher to Georgetown. So. Yeah, I, I think uh, there's a, there's a lot uh, that you're saying. I think it's very uh, resonates with kind of what we're uh, trying to teach here, or the sort of value system we're trying to impart to students. And um, there was a, a guest I had. He actually works at Oracle now. He studied music and philosophy at University of Toronto. And um, one of the things he said is that I just felt so lonely uh, at university, like an island unto himself, essentially. Uh, and I think that those big school environments lend themselves to, to feeling isolated, can lend themselves to feeling isolated in that way. Uh, but the other thing that's really interesting uh, is that I think like you had this opportunity to have this encounter with economics before you had graduated and entered the world. I think for a lot of people, they don't have an encounter with their life's work or uh, their career until after they graduate with an undergraduate degree to realize that that undergraduate degree is not what they wanna do. Yeah, it's very different, yeah. Yeah, it's very different. Um, but so that has led you to, uh, what are you doing currently for, for work? So I currently work at the World Bank. Um, I'm back in Hong Kong now because I have to change my visa, but I'm heading back in June, I guess. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, but uh, you know, um, regarding my career, in, I started my career in DC because uh, I went to school in Georgetown. And I went through a lot of back and forth, kind of like in college. And I tried a little bit of this, tried a little bit of that. Um, with my, I, I knew that, just because I study economics, I don't have to do economics. So in DC, I started working in think tanks, actually. I did a lot of writing, uh, political science research. Mm. Um, you know, I, I, I worked um, a lot of things that policy related. You know, I, I, I worked with, I, um, I worked on education policy for all. And then I remember working on, uh, working on prison reentry policy. So wow. treating prisoners more humane in prisons um, less than nothing to do with economics, yeah. but you could apply economic thinking onto different things, right? You know, um, these things are fluid, right? right. Um, you could apply the thinking of efficiency, utility onto uh, criminal justice, onto the environment, onto education, right? So that's what I sort of did in DC as, as to, begin, to begin with. And I, and I really enjoyed it. Um, yeah. You know, I, I felt like, um, I was mentally free to explore whatever I wanted. Um, the gig at the bank came as a came as a little of an accident because Warbank was doing a recruitment drive in, in Georgetown, and then I applied and I got in, and I thought might as well. Um, but of course, you know, I I, I still uh, even at work, I don't just do economics. You know, I, I yeah. also volunteer to do many different things. I, I write a lot, so not just math and numbers all day. Yeah. Um, so and also, you know, now that in my career. Uh, you know, another thing that is really important and probably most important skill for employers in the States, at least, is communication skills. And at Goucher, I had every day I was <laughs> dealing with communication with people because you're so close with your classmates, professors, and, and you have to talk to them, you know, on a daily basis, on a yeah. weekly basis. And you learn um, how to deliver your ideas to people you learn how to read their mood. You learn how to be emotionally compassionate, uh, be empathetic, um, and and I just don't think that in a large metropolitan 
uh, like 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 you know like University of Toronto, um, you know it lacks the human touch. I think so. Yeah. At Goucher, uh, you know you you spend time to learn about people, about yourself, and I think that was I think that's probably the most important thing. Yeah. Um, the communication skills I learned from George, from Goucher, and then that I moved to Georgetown and now to my career. So. What are the, some of the issues that you're drawn to? You said you, you currently still like to write. Um, is there some themes or, or any policy uh, things that you're drawn to to explore and, and continue to yeah, write about? Yeah, so right now uh, in our team uh, is trying to redesign uh, how we deliver one of World Bank's most important priorities, which is debt transparency yeah. um, because of COVID and everything. So. Uh, we try our best to inform our member states' the importance of transparency. And a, ma- and a major component of the job is to communicate with yeah. people who work at central banks around the world, cross-culture, cross-language, cross-time zone. And um, it's, it's a challenge for the team. Um, and I'm still learning, but, but I think, uh, you know, if you haven't dealt with people from different cultures, if you haven't studied abroad, if you haven't, you know, like dealt with people who think completely different than, than you are, then it's difficult to just sit down and I'll write an email to the central bank of Bulgaria. Right. Yeah. Um, so I think when I was interviewing at the bank, I think that's, I think this was the thing that I talked about the most, which is that, um, which is that dealing with the international uh, audience is not something I have to learn from zero. It's something that I have, not just because I was born in Hong Kong, went to school around the world. It's also because at Goucher, I had the time and the space mm. and the resources to work on my communication skills, um, to take into account uh, other people's perspectives. Yeah. Um, and um, so that, so yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a big yes, I, I guess, yeah. for, for, for current employers. Yeah. So. Okay. Cool. Um, well, I really appreciate your time. And um, before we yeah. s- sign off here, just was there anything else that you would want to say to impart to the young people here at the Harvard School, uh, Hong Kongers or otherwise, be, before we let you go? Um, I guess just uh, have an open mind. You know, uh, uh, don't think that there are only 200 universities on this planet. Um, I understand the, the desire to go to a big school with a, with a name, but, uh, you know, I think you can chase after these things after you finish college. Or like me, I decided to go to do a master's at Georgetown. Um, I think that when it comes to education, the most important things are experience, right? If you, if you go to a big name school and you're happy and sorry, and you're not happy and you're, you're really lonely or you're not getting what you want, then I think there's really no point going to, you know, a school that you really, really thought could give you a, a lift in your career. So um, it's, 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 it should be a very personalized experience, and I and I just hope that when students choose a school, um, they know them they know themselves first before they pick the school. Okay, that is great advice. Thank you so much, Tony. It's been a pleasure. Sure. To talk yeah, yeah, yeah. To you. Uh, and safe travels. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Right. Yeah, yeah. All right. Bye. Take care.